Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. This is Connie and I'm Danny, and we welcome you to our Lenten Week 6 Wilderness Journey. Today is Palm Sunday. Today we remember the way the crowds threw their palms and their cloaks on the road as Jesus made his final journey into Jerusalem. We're glad you're here. Come on in. Our first reading is from Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. And then continuing in verse 18, 19, open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let all of us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, Lord. We beseech you, O Lord. We beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And we move on to our second lesson, which is our gospel lesson for the day. This is Matthew's account of what we call the triumphal entry as we celebrate on this Palm Sunday. Listen again with fresh ears. Reading Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. Follow us along at home in your Bible. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey." 
The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, friends, today you have heard where we are. We are one week from our grand Easter celebration, and what we call, as Vicki said in her children's moment, Holy Week or Passion Week starts today. What starts with the triumphal entry ends with Jesus being resurrected on Easter. But before we can get there, we have to go through what Jesus does and walk with him through the events of this week, including this entry, including each day this week, including Thursday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and then, of course, the resurrection celebration on Easter. So let's take a look at this idea of being wanted, dead, or alive. That's today's sermon title. Mostly when we think of wanted, dead, or alive, it comes from the old Wild West days where criminals and bandits are on the lam. They are running from the law. They have done something wrong. And so the posters will go up with their face that says, wanted, dead, or alive, maybe a certain amount of money, to bounty hunters or whoever can capture them. It didn't matter if they were alive. Didn't matter if they were dead. They were just needed to be brought in to face the justice of the ill that they had done. Well, since then, while it still maintains that connection and understanding, wanted, dead, or alive has taken on some other meanings. For you, uh, Bon Jovi fans, the rock group uh, from the 80s, 90s, and continuing on, one of their greatest hits was the song called Wanted, Dead or Alive. Uh, It was released in 1987 as a single off of the album Slippery When Wet in 1986. One of their greatest anthems that maintains and endures to this day. In that song, Wanted, Dead or Alive, the lead singer... Bon Jovi had just broken up with his girlfriend. He was on an extensive tour and was experiencing some heartbreak, some loneliness. And based on Bob Seger's song, Turn the Page, that also has the same issues of these bands that are on these grand long tours. And while it is glorious and fame-ridden and filled with, with benefits and rewards, It is taxing, it is exhausting, and people always want more than they seemingly can give. And so in that case of these musical artists, they're wanted dead or alive. We as the consumers or those who go to the concerts don't care 
how they feel, what happened that day, what's going on in their lives. We want them to come in and give the best concert ever because we paid, we're there, this is our moment. So in that case, they are wanted, dead, or alive. Today, Jesus is wanted, dead, or alive. But before we get to that, let's take a step back and look at Matthew's telling of this story. All four Gospels tell of this triumphal entry. So this is the culmination of Jesus's ministry before he enters Jerusalem for the last time for this week that will end his earthly life and then move him on as our resurrected Savior. So up until this point, even Judas, who betrays him this week, all the many of those who were with him, one of the sermon questions submitted for today was, why were all the crowds there? Were they all people that had been with Jesus from the very start of his ministry? Or were these folks that were there at Jerusalem for Passover? And really the answer is both, an excellent question. So these people have followed Jesus from his very beginning. They had heard him teach. They had seen and been surprised by his authority and his ability to cast out demons. They had seen him heal others. They had seen him and had been the beneficiary of the feeding of the 5,000. They had even seen him last week raise Lazarus from the dead after four days. He was dead. So throughout that, his ministry, many of these folks had been with him from the start, and many were just there for the Passover celebration. Jerusalem swelled to two to three to four to five times its normal size during Passover, which is a mandatory attended feast. So they had to come to Jerusalem to the temple from wherever the Jewish population lived. So you have a mix, both of those in the crowd who had seen Jesus do miraculous things and those who were just there and didn't really know much about the Jesus phenomenon and were trying to figure out what all the hubbub was about. Matthew, as you remember, is the first gospel. And so he is, in a sense, seeing and portraying Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophets and kings and lifting up Jesus as the Messiah. Here it is connected through the prophet Zechariah in 9.9, where he says, Lo, your king is coming to you, triumphant and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey. And then later in Zechariah 14.1 through 11, it tells us that the Messiah will come and appear on the Mount of Olives. And that's where Jesus starts his procession. He starts in Bethany, asks his disciples to go get this donkey in the foal again, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah. And so he rides, and as he gets closer to Jerusalem, we see the crowd lifting up this word, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is both Hebrew and Aramaic, and is both at the same time a cheer of celebration and adoration, but the literal meaning is more in the vein of save us, help us, we beseech you. 
So in saying, save us, they are literally begging for Jesus to save them. Many of them not even understanding the full consequences of what they're being asked to say or who Jesus is. For the day, they would have expected the Messiah to come in on a stallion, a war horse, with all of this Messiah's army to free Jerusalem from the close to 100-year occupation of Rome. They were ready for this Messiah to come. And they thought Jesus was it, although now starting to say, what? Not the Messiah we were expected. Humble, riding on a donkey. And Jesus doesn't say a word in this, in this story. The crowd's voice takes over. We can imagine the countenance on Jesus' face as he rides in, knowing what is to come, knowing that some of this crowd will soon turn on him. But for Jesus wanting to be wanted, dead or alive, means that those in the crowd want him there alive to continue to teach and preach and show them the signs and wonders. Those that he threatens in both the Jewish uh, temple leadership and Roman leadership both want him dead. But either way, he is wanted. Today, you can't help but think about our COVID-19 struggle. Who are those that we just assume will continue to be essential and do their jobs. It may be very well aptly said that we want them doing their jobs, dead or alive. In any condition, we have to have these essential people doing their jobs and putting themselves at risk every day. God bless them. Let us never take them for granted. Their health, their families, which they do on a regular basis, on an ongoing basis, but especially with this so quickly communicated virus, they are stepping up their sacrifice so that we can continue to function as a society. They are wanted, dead or alive. Do not forget them. Do not stop praying for them each and every day. The second thing is that the crowd, many in the crowd ask, who is this? What is going on? What is this procession all about? And that's an eternal question we continue to wrestle with. There have been great questions throughout our Lenten journey. From Nicodemus, how can this be true? From the woman at the well, when she goes to tell others about Jesus, he can't be the Messiah, can he? Even from last week when our guest speaker Lazarus came and Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this, that I am the resurrection and the life? And today, the question is, who is this? That question we must explore, especially through this week. And I encourage you to not just wait and go from Palm Sunday to Easter Resurrection Sunday. I invite you to take whichever gospel you want and each day walk with Jesus through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, we cannot fully celebrate the resurrection until we have been with Christ at the Last Supper on Thursday and on the cross crucified on Friday. And you can join us for those services again, Facebook and YouTube on Thursday and Friday. So Jesus is wanted dead or alive. 
we need to continue to ponder the question, who is this? And finally, when Jesus enters into Jerusalem this last time for this last week, there's a shift from the miraculous to the commitment. So up until now, a lot of folks following Jesus have been following his signs and wonders, his teachings, his miracles. But now, except for the cursing of the fig tree on Monday, there are no more miracles that Jesus does. Miraculous things happen at the end of the week that we'll see. But he stops as if to say, it is time to go from pondering wondrously to acting faithfully. The stories and parables he will tell throughout the week are about moving from being observers and passive to making commitments and acting in faith. Jesus is shifting and saying, no longer can you sit back and just think, ponder, and watch, but it is up to you as this is my last few moments to now carry this mantle, carry my cross, and be disciples in the world. So finally, I want to end this sermon going back to the idea of what it was like for Jesus to be wanted, dead, or alive. So please join and watch the words from Jesus' perspective of what it means to be wanted, dead, or alive.
I'll be back I've been everywhere home.